Well, good morning. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful crowd this morning. You know, today's special for a couple of reasons, and it may be other, other reasons for some of you, but special for us in a couple of different ways. Uh, one of them is, this is our first day of our, I guess you would say, one of our first days of the sixth year of Renovation Church being in existence. Five years ago yesterday, we opened the doors here up as Renovation Church to the public, and uh, we made it. <laughs> That's a, we've made it. Okay, I don't know what all that means, but we're here. We're still here anyway, huh? But I'd like to say just a big thank you to those who are still here and those who have been here, who were here, that have helped us launch this church in Central Phoenix. And we believe the best days are ahead of us. And we just, if if you're listening online, if you're listening online and you were a part of renovation at one time and, and you're no longer here for whatever reason, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for investing. Thank you for believing. And if you're still here, God bless you. I don't know why, but I thank you for being here. No, I, I really do. I thank you so much. But the other reason this is a big day, obviously this is the start of Holy Week 2018. Palm Sunday. That's right. A big clap for that. That's a great week. It really is. And I hopefully you will step into it. Uh, you know, the church tradition through the ages has celebrated this week starting today, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in just a second, Palm Sunday. You know, Thursday many times is called Monday, or it still is called Monday Thursday, but some celebrate that. Uh, Holy, they call it Holy Thursday, and the Lord's Supper, of course, is that evening. If we would consider that, if you look at the time frame, uh, the foot washing of Jesus of the disciples as he washed their feet. But Monday means command, and Latin means actually command. And what I love about that is after Jesus had done the things he did from the from the uh, from the foot washing to the, the Lord, to the communion, what we would call now, we would take of today. He says this in John 13, 30, 34, and it's not up on your screen, but many of you know it. A new command I give you. Love one another. And people would look at that and go, that's not new. Here's what's new. As I have loved you. Game changer. A new command I give you. Monday, Thursday, command. And he goes on to say, So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another the way I just described it. He, that part, last part's not in there. Good Friday. I hope you're setting aside time on Friday night, if there's any way possible to be here on Friday evening, to walk through that day, passion Friday, if you will, passion means suffering. In this, many times we think of passion, we go, yippee, yeah, passionate about ice cream, I'm passionate about whatever. But this is about the passion of the Christ is the suffering of Christ. Some might celebrate Silent Saturday, but the one we will be back next Sunday, and I hope you're inviting people, I hope you're thinking about it, I hope God is bringing people to your mind, is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, He is risen. Man, I hope you're hoping to be, I hope that you're planning on being a part of that and inviting others. But today, Palm Sunday, it's the sixth Sunday of Lent, and it's historically celebrated in church by two ways. One is celebration, which is why we spend more time, in, at least in our way of doing it here, in singing on Palm Sunday. We do it as traditionally. It's not just one year. We've done it for the last three or four years. We do more music on this day than we do normal Sundays, and we do it also the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We do a little more music than normal. And the other one is preparation. 
But I want to read before I get deeper into the message. It's Matthew 21, 1 through 11. As most of you know, this passage of Scripture, and it was alluded to earlier, uh, or this one reference to that should be up on your screen, or you can look it up, Matthew 21, 1 through 11. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They bought, brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on them. Very large crowds spread their cloaks on the ground while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. If you could place yourself there in that day and as that ceremony or parade was happening, you would probably get the sense as Jesus was riding in that he felt more like a returning hero triumphantly coming back from war. That's probably what it would have felt like. But he's on a donkey. Okay? And in the ancient Middle Eastern world, leaders rode horses if they went off to war, but donkeys if they came in peace. Rather than, riding a conquer, rather than riding to conquer, this king, Jesus, came riding a donkey. But by the way, he will come back riding a stallion someday, just if you read Revelation, just so you know. But this time, he came on a donkey. And Palm Sunday is, is bittersweet in some ways because as we celebrate today, we all know that Friday is coming, right? We know the cross is ahead of us. There's this hesitancy about it if you're really thinking of God's, if you've been journeying, especially over Lent, but even if you're not, if you begin to think about this week, it is great to celebrate today, but there's something in front of us that says, wow, I've got to go through that to get to next Sunday. Because today we're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. On Friday, the crowd will be shouting what? Crucify him crucify him and the words that describe holy week are packed with this litany of emotions if you read it i I hope you do get a chance to read the process of of, in scripture this week of what unfolds during this week a holy week but yeah you would hear hosanna you would hear you would see the vulnerability of jesus as he washes the feet of the disciples you'll see the betrayal you'll see the confrontation you'll see the trial You'll see the crown of thorns. You'll see the crucifixion. You will see the tomb. And if most of us are honest, and many of us may do this, we would just rather skip Holy Week. Let's just kind of skip through this week. Let's start today, and let's end up at next week, because we want to skip the upper room as Jesus is there, knowing we all know what's going to happen, right? We'd rather skip the Garden of Betrayal We'd rather skip the Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows. 
just want to go from Hosanna, Hosanna, to he is risen. And skip, crucify him. I hope you don't. I hope you don't miss that. And as you, as you read scripture this week, if you do that, you'll see there's a lot of characters that have a play in this week. Some are very short. Some are very significant in how the story turns, if you will. Obviously, Jesus is the center point of all that story, but there's a lot of folks in there. But I want to touch on five today. Three of them are kind of on the outside, and, and, and three of them are really kind of groups of people. Then there's two that are on the inside. One's a group, one's an individual. That I just want to highlight. And as I do it today, I wish you would just kind of go, okay, as this guy up there, you may not know me, my name's Kurt, if that guy up there talking, I, I, I'm going to listen and maybe I identify myself in these groups of people. Just, just maybe. First one is the religious. It's religious leaders. Now remember, the only power and authority the Sanhedrin had was because Rome allowed it. That's the only reason they had power. And the only way they could stay in power was they kept peace. They had to keep peace among the Jewish people. And it wasn't easy. So what they did politically, they tried to stop anything that threatened that peace, that threatened their position. They had looked at Jesus and said, it's worth one man dying than the rest of us perishing. <laughs> okay. But see, the religious, and just very short here, and I'm going to try to go through this quickly, but they were in the protect, protect mode. They were in the status quo mode. They were in the institution protection mode. They were in my personal status mode. See, when I look at the religious people, I, I see people, and, and very well I could find myself in any of these today if I'm not careful, is that I want to protect my world. I want to protect my status. I want to protect that. I don't need Jesus entering into that and disrupting my world. It could be a church. It could be an issue. It could be your personal life. I don't want him coming and bothering the status quo. The second group is the crowd. Now, have you ever been in a crowd and you kind of get ramped up about something? We see riots all the time. You, you know this happens in riots. When we see them, we've seen them over the last few years amongst, for different reasons. And you know there's got to be a moment in there that somebody looks to somebody else and says, now, why are we doing this again? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? You've looked, they go, they don't even know why they're there. They just know a crowd gathered it's disruptive, it seems exciting or whatever, and they just step off in the middle of it. They're just going wherever the crowd goes. So you may be in that group that's easy to say here on a Sunday morning, Hosanna, 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 because that's the crowd you're with. But this week sometime, when it comes to defending your faith, becomes, and I don't mean defending it as in you have to articulate it in apologetics, but just being who you were called to be. And the crowd you're with is just easier to go crucify, crucify. There's no ill intent. You didn't intend to do this. You don't have any malice in your heart. You didn't set up to do that. But somehow or another, here you are just flowing with the crowd. Then there's the third person, a person. Those are two groups. This is the third person that's on the, a person that's on the outside. His name's Pontius Pilate. Very simple with him. He asked Jesus the question, what is truth? Or are you the king? And as the, as the video said earlier, he's not the kind of king you're thinking about. 
And some of you may be here today, or you know people like this, but you may be in this room today, you may be like Pontius Pilate, with Jesus in your presence, but you're in a conundrum with Jesus because you don't know what to do with him. There's enough there to draw draw you in. There's enough there to say, hey, I think this may be true. Jesus, would you give me a, a, a writing in the sky? Would you send me a letter in the mail? Would you send me a text? Would you tweet it out? Whatever you would do, just let me know for sure. But he's not going to do it. So it puts you in a conundrum. And because of that conundrum, you're sitting there not knowing what to do with Jesus. You don't know. There's the fourth, and this is a group, the fourth one I want to mention is the disciples. You'd say, well, I want to be with the disciples. That I know if I'm going to identify myself, that's where I want to be. Really? In the Holy Week, you want to be there? Because the rest of, we get to see the rest of the story, right? Okay, then we could say, yeah, I want to be Peter. I want to be, I want to have that kind of, no, no we're talking about Holy Weeks here is what we're talking about. Holy Week. Again, we see the rest of the story. We know what they became. The disciples, and you may be like this, you may be like the disciples, you expected something else from Jesus. You expected him to be a different kind of Savior. He's not conforming to what you thought. He literally meant what he said. When he's, and he never wavers. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. I came to do the Father's will. And not even the disciples can move him from that. And you're shocked that when he will not conform to what you think he should be, you run. If you don't seek more light, you seek darkness. It's like the shows that, you know, you know I like to watch HGTV, I enjoy flipping, and we, many of you know what this facility looked like, and the Lord had used it for years, but we've flipped, if you will, this building. But there is one thing about those shows that almost always comes up if it's on a flip. It's that unanticipated cost, and I think they build it into the show sometimes, but that's beside the point. But it's that moment in the show where there's this unanticipated cost. See, Jesus bitterly disappointed the crowd and the disciples. And when you dash people's hopes that severely, listen to me, it's not a surprise that you end up on a cross by the end of the week. Some of you know it personally. It could even be your children sometimes. It could even be friends. It could be people you never thought would. And I don't mean literal cross, but they are crucifying you. They are doing it with words. They're doing it with actions. They're doing it... Because you didn't waver from what you said you were going to be. You didn't conform to what they think you should have been. And hopefully it's because you're following after Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's why. And the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. But there is one more that I want to mention. It's actually my favorite. It's Mary Magdalene. She was at the cross. She was at the tomb. She was at the empty tomb. And Mary Magdalene reminds me 
situation I was in years ago. I was 24 years old. I was I've shared this story before to some of you. You've heard it before. A friend of mine and I had went to, we went to Hawaii. I turned 25 on Maui of all places. That's a pretty good way to celebrate your, your 25th birthday. But I did. But we were on Oahu at Hanama Bay. You even know where Hanama Bay is. You can go snorkeling. But there's a lookout, right, when you go past Hanama Bay where you pull over and there's these cliffs you go down and there's a place and the water's crashing. I don't know. When you're down there, probably 200 yards. I don't know how far it is, so don't hold me to it because it's been a while. But a long ways down there. And there's these waves crashing up, and there's these ro- huge rocks and lava rock or core, whatever it is. And it's crashing, crashing, crashing. So my buddy Stan and I said, well, wouldn't it be great to take a picture down there? Well, there's signs everywhere that said, do not go past this point. <laughs> but, okay, I'm going to live forever, right? What, what does that have to do with anything? So I go past, we go past that. We think, man, this is going to be some awesome pictures to get down here on this one far rock and it's probably be 25 to 30 feet down to the water. I don't know. It's a long ways down there. And there's no way out if you, you know, anyway. So there's one rock where you have to kind of step down, and then you step back up to the rock, okay? So you had to have kind of a little cove like this, a little uh, caved-in place. So anyway, so Stan gets out there, and, and he's on this rock, and got our back to the water, and he's looking at the camera, and we take this picture, and this wave comes up, kind of engulfs him, you know, because it's this huge spray, you know, it comes up, and kind of engulfs him, and and okay, great picture. You know, yeah, I've got I've got it somewhere now. But uh, but okay, so I get out there on the rock, and so I'm there. I've got swimming trunks on, tied pretty tight, shoes on, sunglasses. That's it. And the biggest wave that's ever hit that rock came. <laughs> oh my goodness! There is no picture of me on it. All it is is water. You can't see me, literally. It engulfed me, and many of you know what water's like when it goes in, and that water's going back out. It ain't staying on land. It grabbed me, literally, and started sucking me out to the Pacific Ocean. And I mean, it was going so hard, and I knew I was in trouble. And Stan said he was trying to take the picture, but he's thinking, oh man, what am I going to tell Miss Gentry how big of an idiot we were? <laughs> That's the first thing that went across my mind. And, and so finally the wave lets up, and I'm standing there, one shoe's gone, sunglasses gone, one shoe's ripped up. Thank goodness my, my shorts, were, my swimming trunks are still on, but I was willing to lose those too if it took that. <laughs> I held on so tight. This is the honest truth. I held on so tight that I pulled all the muscles in my arms, my legs. I was bleeding all over because I dug my feet into that rock so tight, my toes and my hands. It was down. We had to go back to the hotel and get tweezers to pull it out of my out of my skin. That's how locked up I was. But this is what I knew. That rock was my only hope. That's Mary Magdalene. She wasn't running because there was nowhere else to run. Nowhere else to go. Tell me where else to go, I'm sure she would have asked. But there's nowhere else to go. I want to be Mary Magdalene in this story. Even when it's dark, and even when there seems like a dead man that I love in a tomb that I have to hold a dead Savior instead of a, a live Savior in that moment, I want to know that I'm going to keep hanging on and to keep believing. I'm going to ask the band to come back up as we continue in our worship this morning. Yeah, they're the loud hosannas that we're going to sing today. Thank goodness.
But I just want to say, man, alive, don't miss the words of Jesus as if anyone wants to come after me, he must first take up his cross and follow me. And as I said a few weeks ago, when I gave my life to Christ, back when I was 26 years old, and that invitation was, wherever he leads, I'll go. That was the hymn. And there's a line in that, say, a line in that song that says, Take up your cross and follow me, I heard my master say. And when I said yes and I walked that aisle, I meant it but had no idea what I was doing. And there have been moments since then I have begged him to remove that cross from me. I literally have. Because I don't know if any of us, any of us in this room, want to walk the road to Calvary as much as we think we do. But this is what I am convinced of, folks. I am convinced of this, that someday, if this is all true, and I believe it is, I've put everything, I've pushed everything in the middle of the table, that this is all true, and I believe it for every one of us today, there's someday we're going to wish we had given him more. We're going to wish that. When we see him face to face, if it's all true, we're going to wish in that moment, why? Why did I get so distracted? Why did I hang on to that? Why did I not let that go? Why did I protect the status quo? Why did I keep with him standing in front of me going, I don't know what to do with you. But just to say like Mary, I don't have any other choice. I mean, a choice. Have you reached that point yet, friend? Christ is for you. And there is no place he won't go to find you. He is willing to go to the grave so he will not be without you. That's where he's willing to go. But let me promise you this. If you, if you plan on entering Holy Week and you step into Holy Week this week, let me tell you, you will walk it out with the Savior who chases you with a relentless love that you could never understand. That's what I'm convinced of. I hope you choose, friend. See, I don't think Jesus went to the cross. I think it's crazy to think that Jesus went to the cross just to keep me in line. Just to make sure I do the right things and don't do that. He came for a relationship. He came for a great adventure. And I just hope you press into that, friend. I just hope you press into it. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Welcome to Holy Week.